Hi, this is Paul Siegel, and you're listening to Wandering DMs. Wandering DMs is broadcast live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash wanderingdms and youtube.com slash wanderingdms slash live. And now, on with the show. Hi everyone, welcome to Wandering DMs. I'm Paul. And I'm Dan, and on this episode of Wandering DMs, we're going to be talking about character sheets. Do you use printed forms or notebook paper or spreadsheets or index cards or digital tools? We will tell you the best way to document your characters today on Wandering DMs. All that and more. Before we get into that, I will remind everyone, as always, uh, that at the end of the show, we will be hosting our after chat. That happens on our private Discord. That is a live video chat with the two of us and any of our patrons who care to show up. Uh, if you'd like to join us, you can just become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash wanderingdms, join at any tier, and you can join in in the after chat. That's at 2 o'clock Eastern today. One of our favorite parts of the week. Uh, you know, and this um, uh, topic actually largely comes from a patron outcry on our Discord server, actually. Uh, one of our patrons was answering, uh, Ash actually, was answering um, uh, prompts for the August 30 questions about role-playing. And one of them was, what is your favorite character sheet? And wow, that got like a lot of uh, attention and opinions on our Discord server. So we, that, again, we really thank our patrons because it's so close to us, we might not think to, to talk about it, but we thought that was a, an interesting thing to talk about. I will say, we're probably gonna easily fill the whole hour just talking about D&D &D character sheets. Because, yes. so obviously there's a lot of other stuff, but we have enough opinions just about D&D, &D. that's probably gonna be at least an hour or two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, this is this is um, yeah, Dan and I started to talk a little bit just before going live here and realized we had to shut up because we had so many thoughts. Uh, so this is going to be a hard one to cram into an hour. So uh, let's let's kick yeah. us off, Dan. Where do you want to start? Uh, uh, a friend of the show, Dan Boggs, showed us I, I like to do things in historical order chronologically. Uh, you know, back, back some, some time ago, uh, our friend of the show, Dan Boggs, showed us what may be the first recorded uh, role-playing character sheet used by Dave McGarry in Dave Arneson's Blackmore campaign. And this this is circa 1971. And uh, apparently, so this is actually a whole bunch of different characters. And what Dave McGarry said is that, you know, basically one column is one character with all their very many skills. And when one character died, he would just put another column and that was the next character. And uh, this plus another page apparently covered the first two years of play. So from 1971 and 1972, this is everything that Dave McGarry needed. Um, and I'll just throw out that you have a whole bunch of like brains and power and intelligence. And then down near the bottom, you basically have the entire list of weapons in early D&D. &D. And it kind of looks like every single one of them is just the score of like a 2D6 roll. And presumably success in this early system was you roll 2d6 and try to roll under that number is what we believe um so you can see that and i feel like this is a common theme for early sheets is they didn't pre-plan super carefully how much space certain stuff would take and so as the as the sheet goes further to the right yeah now i have longer names than i expected and i had to draw lines to show you where the columns were and they're in different colors and really what just really a beautiful taste of yeah. early role playing when we were we were just starting to figure that out <laughs> that is fantastic i was totally going to comment on the delightful uh sliding of the, of the columns I, <laughs> right. I adore that right absolutely adore that the corrections the changing in colors it's delightful you know Dan, when i course, was writing the uh write-up here for um yeah. the for the the video, uh, I was looking on the Wikipedia article about character sheets. There's a whole Wikipedia article just about character sheets, as there should be. And it tells me that the original game didn't come with a character sheet, but the first one was published in the Haven Herald fanzine on May 3rd of 1975. And a second oh, wow. one appeared one month later in Alarms and Excursions. I've never seen either of those. Have you? I don't think I have. I don't think yeah, I have. I would love I have, if any. I, so I, 
I have most of what was published by, by TSR's products. I have not seen those. But clearly, right around that time, 75, 76, there became the, the impetus where it felt like something like that was needed to avoid this. Um, <laughs> um, interesting. If any, of, if any of our viewers here have seen those sheets or know where to send an image, please, uh, please let me know. I'd love to see them. Yeah, definitely. And of course, you can see with the McGarry sheet, this is just a plain piece of notebook paper, right? And uh, in uh, no surprise, it's it's. I, I love that. I love anybody can just grab a normal piece of paper, and you're you're playing uh, you're playing role playing game perfectly fine. Um, or you know, original D and D in the equipment list, right? For the actual equipment that you need as a player, uh, it includes you should have everybody should have a three ring notebook binder and also three ringed lined paper. Uh, and that mm -hmm. is, well, wait a minute, this has five holes. This has five holes paper. So this is, this, is, this is invalid. This is not appropriate for an early D&D character sheet, Dave. But of course he was doing this before, yeah. he was doing this a couple before, but the years before D&D was published. So, so I, I certainly grew up, right, starting out with just standard lined paper. And you threw down your character information where you could. And so obviously there became an, an intent if it would be nice to have this standardized so, mm -hmm. so everybody's kind of looked the same and you didn't have to decode it all the time. Um, you know, now, um, interestingly, I think one of, one of my favorite things about this topic when it came up on our Discord server is that it was immediately uh, one, of, one, of our, one of our patrons, I think it was maybe uh, Joshua, posted his favorite original D&D character sheet, which was a blank index card. And, and so, I adore that. <laughs> yeah, now I will say, so I, I ran my games for a number of years with index cards, and I'm so glad that Josh pointed out that I, I'm not the only one to do that. And I will say that uh, I didn't have that idea until the Dungeons & Dragons rule cyclopedia, right, which is basically a compilation of Menser's Beck Me rules came out in the 90s, like around 1990 or something like that. And if you go to the back, they have a number of kind of convenient forms. Some of our folks in the chat are saying it was hard at the time to get hex paper and things like that. So books of this era frequently have hex paper, right, that you could copy because mm -hmm. that was the only way you could get that. And mm -hmm. it had, at least this has a one-page character sheet Right now, here in the '90s, that's kind of small print, and mm -hmm. I mean, for my my eyes nowadays, I might say oh, that's a little that's a little small. But one page before that, actually, this is the very first page in the list of forms, is the DM's character card, which is an index card sized summary nice. of nice. a player character. And so I I saw this and I was like, oh, I love that! I love that! I want my characters on just an index card. And I, I absolutely did that for a number of years. In fact, I, for, for OED, I actually printed up on cardstock a bunch of you know, little minimalist uh, character cards like this, and I would have my players fill this out. I had a new player at one point pleasantly say, oh, I really like this. It's like I'm filling out a license before I'm allowed to play D&D. &D. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean, my, my I favorite part like. about that is, is I often use that as an example when I'm talking to people who aren't familiar with old school D and D and are more familiar with the newer editions? To just as an example of how rules light the original game was, you know, the whole character can fit on a single index card, and that's usually mind-boggling because these days with fifth edition, you're probably looking at right. multiple full-sized eight and a half by eleven yeah, sheets yeah. to get your yeah. character down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly. very interesting. Of so course, I, I, of course I will I, say. I will say that that your index cards probably work great for one shots and are probably I'm willing to bet they fail you in campaign play. That's my point. I, I moved away for a number of reasons, and that's one of them. Uh, what I found uh, going forward is is for first level characters, wonderful. As the character levels up and they get more equipment, and I was just going to put the stuff on the back for equipment. As they get more equipment and more spells and more abilities, I run out of room. Uh, or just more stuff they have to track, like maybe a mount or a companion or a henchman or things like that. And then totally in addition to that, it's not great for distribution. Like if I make pre-gens and I want to put them online or I want to put them in an adventure, like asking people 
to, to get this and then print it out and then have to cut it up because it's not a standard size for your printer becomes a hassle. Uh, storing it becomes a hassle. I can't put this in a loose leaf binder. I have to get uh, you know some special thing just for my index cards. Uh, if I put it into a, into, a, into a manila folder, it probably drops out. Um, uh, so, that, so there were a lot of, frankly, a lot of limitations and I, di I did, I loved it for a while, and then I, I did move away from it. Hmm. All right, let's. Um, so we, we we still have Dave McGarry's table here up on screen. I'm just realizing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you want to you want to jump forward some additions? Talk about some later stuff. Great. Uh, let me think. So so I, sh I showed the rule cyclopedia thing, which is a little bit later. Um, hmm. I so the earliest sheet that I've seen is a sheet published by, 19, by, by TSR in 1976. And this has, in my images, this has an orange dot on it. The top right's mostly white. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. There you go. So this was, I believe uh, you'd get this on just like a pad. I don't think this, this product had a cover to it. You'd get a pad of these things of like one page each. Again, 1976 here, very minimalist, right? Super minimalist. Yeah. Um, yeah that is, yep. Yep. And I'm not tired. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm actually not super fond of this. Like, I feel like so much space is taken up by just the name of the ability scores. I'm like, <laughs> you can abbreviate it. I'm not fond that they take up different spaces. I, like, like the amount of space that the 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 sheet uses just for the word armor class. Is like, I mean, that's mm. going to be a one-digit number. You're taking up a lot yeah. of a lot of white space for that one-digit number. Yeah, um, I so I feel that, like, looking at a lot of these early things, my personal opinion is, I bet they weren't tested a whole heck of a lot. I feel mm -hmm. like someone was probably given the task of make a product, and they jammed it out. They pr it probably wasn't really battle tested over years of campaign play. Is my rough guess. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of these, the design is honestly a little bit shaky. So did you use that. these for your first edition AD&D games? This is before me getting into the game. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen this before. This is probably the first time I'm seeing this sheet, so that's, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I will say, you know, for, for younger viewers, you know, and in fact, I think you'll see that myself and Paul have slightly different experiences for a couple of reasons, right? When I got into the game, photocopiers were not widely available, right? Never mind mm. digital cameras or printers or photocopiers. I did not have access to any of that stuff. So nowadays it might seem crazy that a company could make a product out of a pack of these things. And you yep. and if you had, I don't know, if you had 20, you, you'd, you'd use it for 20 character sheets and you'd have to go buy another copy of the product. And that's exactly what we were doing at the time. I think when I was in, in elementary school, we had a mimeograph machine, but I didn't have mm. access to a photocopier. Um, yeah. So that's why these, oh. these products were, were a thing at the time. I will say, my, in my experience, I mean, and certainly a lot of my early character sheets were on three ring loose leaf, right? That was, that was yeah. what was most yeah. readily accessible to me. At that time period, that was that was the easiest, cheapest thing, and yeah, it was a pain in the butt because you had to transcribe everything and write everything by hand. But um, I do remember when I was first getting into D and D that um, I had access to a photocopier. All the time, I think I would have called it a Xerox machine, um, and and I had two two ways of getting at it. One is I could go to my public library, and there was a coin op one. I cost like a nickel per copy or something like that, so I could do that. But it wasn't cheap. And I know nickel per copy oh. sounds cheap, but to like, you know, eight-year-old me, mm -hmm. that was not a cheap option. So yeah. that was used sparingly. And then the other thing was maybe if I was very lucky and persistent, I could take a sheet of something and hand it to my dad and say, please take this with you to work and use your office Xerox machine and make a bunch of copies for me. And if, if he was feeling kind, he might do that. I, this same, same for me. Say later on, frankly, you know, you kids, you kids and your, your <laughs> photocopiers, you have it so easy and your nickel a sheet photocopier, you have it so easy and you have no idea 
Back in yeah. the day, it was yeah. so much harder than that. <laughs> yep, 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 for sure, for sure. Anyway, so technology, technology aside, um, walk me forward. I guess show me. Let's let's talk about what you actually used. What did you use, Dan? Okay, here's the first. Here's the first to product. Into that. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the first product I actually got. Uh, so this would be 1980. Uh, this is the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons uh, player character sheets, which which people know as the Goldenrod sheet. So these these sheets are all um, color coded here, and um, they are. Oh, you brought up a digital version here. Um, so anyway, there's 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 the AD and D sheet of 1980, and the goldenrod itself just says, just says, wow, this is when I got this book. Oh, this looks so great. I love these. Like there's yeah. part of my soul is just like, I really love these goldenrod sheets. And uh, they're complicated. There's like, mm. there's like a lot of crap there. And yep. kind of fiddly layout, honestly. Here's the back. Uh, here's the back sheet. It's got equipment and encumbrance and stuff and money and experience. And... Uh, description, height, weight, sex, debts owed, obligations, compatriots, little table for compatriots or mounts, uh, locales frequented, and then finally a will, right? A lot, oh, frankly, yeah. a, a lot, that is actually a rule in original D&D &D, that yeah. you can will yeah. stuff to your next character that of course you will have. And so the very last line there is, will I blank do hereby blank? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. right. Uh, so you know, okay. um, they're, they're also class coded. Notice they're slightly yeah, that's, that's, different for each class. That's that's one thing that jumps out to me immediately is that they've customized it per class, which I think is yeah. fascinating. Or not quite yeah. per class, right? What we're looking at here on screen is Cleric Druid. Um, also, I put up one that has been somewhat filled out uh, because I was searching the internet for the Goldenrod sheet because I knew there was so much love for this sheet. And that was, frankly, that made it really difficult for me to find a digital version of the sheet because a lot of people have recreated it. There are a lot of facsimiles or inspired by, you know, sheets out there that maybe they tuned them a little bit to work a little bit better for whoever the person is. But there were so many images that looked so similar. It was really hard for me to separate and find, like, what is the what did the actual sheet look like? So, one, I'm super glad you actually have the physical book. That's great. And then two, I picked this one because it was it was a image of a historical like this was my actual character from back in that day. So, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Thank you to and whoever I have put this up on the internet. I fairly <laughs> sizable folders of, of old sheets like this, and just like you and your father, Paul, um, like I was running out. Right, the problem would be I like I actually bought like I bought multiple of these packs actually because I ran out, um, yep. and then at some point, uh, my mother. Uh, took it to uh, her, the school where she worked and came back with it printed on golden paper. And I and I I literally didn't know that was possible. I actually didn't <laughs> know that was technically possible at the time. And she just came back with a bunch of of properly golden extra sheets as much as I wanted. I was like, oh my lord! Um, that is and that was I mean, one of the best gifts I ever got. Absurdly, <laughs> that's hilarious. I mean, that was going to be my next question: is how well did these things photocopy with their colored paper because i remember probably around the same time i was getting into dnd i remember playing games like the original sim city who had copy protection which was often flipped to this page of the rule book or this you know use this special card or whatever that came with the game and find this special word and you had to type it in and some of these things were printed on a specific color paper that could not be photocopied I don't know if you remember this, but that was the extra layer of copy protection was it was printed on this weird like brownish paper that if you photocopied it, it just came out black. <laughs> My experience is this worked perfectly fine. And in fact, this might have been published slightly before they were thinking about that, possibly. Got it. Perfectly right. fine. We'll get to we'll get to one of the one of the later sheets that I remember having a lot and being annoyed about trying to photocopy. But uh, that's, that's it, cool. I, I Yeah. William in the chat is saying, you know, because I was saying, boy, this is really complicated. And William is correctly observing, well, isn't that really the basis of the, of the rule set? And I do agree, right? This is very much leaning into, this is not D&D. &D, this is advanced D&D. &D. It's advanced. And there's a lot of detail and a lot of complexity, and we like it. And that's actually a sales feature. Um, so I feel mm -hmm. that they, they really lean into, you're buying a heavyweight game. <laughs> And um, 
that's probably maybe the high mark for like leaning into it being really complicated. <laughs> well, what let me, did, let me uh, let, was... speaking of, speaking of complicated. Please. Let, me, let me share what I had. I yeah. I, the, I never bought the booklet that came with these things, but uh, what I did have was a pad of Armory character sheets. Oh, anybody, anybody remember these? Did you have these, Dan? Um, oh. Yeah. So so there you go. Printable size, fifty sheets to a pack. Tells me right on the front cover there. Um, and the funny thing is, you can see it's in shrink, and so this is what I bought it on, and this looks amazing, right? Like nice, interesting fonts and the big Armory logo and pictures of miniatures, and this looks like oh, this is going to be nice and graphical, right? This is going to be a nice graphical character sheet inside. No, inside it looks like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, I had a bunch of these, and I liked them because it held everything. And I think this is just the front. I think the back is equally complicated. Um, yeah. But I can't say I used them a ton because it's just, oh, my God, is this hard to read. Look at this thing. It is so dense. <laughs> and it's clearly for advanced D&D, right? We can tell that. Yep. And I'm so yep. glad that I, I think it looks like about a quarter of the the sheet space is devoted to the ar the weapon versus armor class adjustment matrix, <laughs> which was infamously a uh, 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 disabused and absolutely not used by Gary Gygax, and b totally numerically broken, as I pointed out in my blog in the past. <laughs> So please, if, if that's news to you, please go to Delta's D&D Hotspot and find out how the, the, uh, the weapons versus AC were literally numerically just totally wrong. Um, that's uh, but you've got plenty yep. of space to, to record that kind of stuff because it's so important in your game. Yeah, yeah. These, these, were, these were brutal sheets. Um, the sheet that I lived with much longer than this, and I apologize if I'm just yeah. cruising along, but uh, we're, we're rapidly eating up our time. Um, but the sheet, uh, just and I'm, and I'm continuing the AD and D line here because I know we're going to eventually talk about basic, and I'm excited for that. But just to continue on the AD and D line, the book, the product I had, the book that I had, which I can't even show you physically because I used them all, I used them all, and I wiped out the booklet, and I don't have it anymore. Is this second edition AD and D sheet? Oh, um, okay. And I don't know if you lived a lot with this one, Dan. I played a lot of AD and D in the very early '90s, um, and um, and that stupid blue color, like, didn't photocopy great, frankly. Yeah. Yeah, it was fine, but it added some shading, right, because your, your Xeroxes are coming out black and white. It was okay, but it wasn't awesome. Um, and then this thing, as I recall, it had a front and a back, and it had a bunch of extra optional sheets based on class, maybe. Maybe it had, like, spellbook sheets or other yeah. like, answer yeah, sheets. Right. And you had to cut it out of the booklet, and it was a... It was a thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was. I don't think it was three hole punched either. So it was. I mean, yeah, at least yeah. the layout is a little more readable. I will say that the color and the boxing yeah. makes it a little bit easier for my eye to scan it and go jump to like, what am I looking for? Okay, I want the efficiencies. I want the armor. I want my four stats. Those are at least pop off the sheet. Certainly, way better than those armory sheets did. But yeah, at least there's. Uh, some thought into the organization of the boxes, right? At least the boxes are like yeah. aligned in places. Um, yep. So yep. that's that's. A, I'm not super fond of the color. The color is just color is super attractive God. in the first place. Right? No. <laughs> what's what's the date at the bottom of that? Oh gosh, I can't even read that. Probably me. 1990. Uh, probably 89, 90. Let me, let me pull it up in another window here so I can zoom in. 1989. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yep. Now I will say and there's that a lot of stuff in here that was they, yeah. they they were trying to be complete, right? So there's a lot of stuff in here that came into play in other weird secondary, like yeah. maybe you're playing an Oriental Adventures game. So so there's some stuff in here like what's your clan? What's your legion? What's your social class? Yes. What's your birth rank? Yes. Yes. And, and so there's a whole bunch of entries in here. You know, what's your honor? And I'm like what? Well, <laughs> what, on that they, point, what are they value? <laughs> on that point, yeah. between uh, the 1980 uh, Goldenrod sheets and this mm -hmm. 1989 second edition, um, the, uh, uh, midway through first edition AD&D, they had a different, they had a revised, um, uh, you know, rule books, actually, with different, with different art on the cover, the, the Golden Spine books, and a new DM's uh, screen. 
And then they had these uh, these player character sheets. This was published in 1986, is what it is. Okay. And these look like this, right? Mm -hmm. And and similar, right? See now th this brown shading, which which kind of I did use these for a while, looks kind of nice. These photocopied terribly, right? So the br the yeah. brown shading was just totally unusable um, if you photocopied it. Yep. Uh, pretty small print, a pretty dense. And just like you're saying here, the single biggest thing on the sheet in the center top is your honor score. <laughs> That's actually the single most prominent thing on the sheet is the honor score from Oriental Adventures play, which I, I didn't use yeah. that book. I never used this. So like occasionally I think uh -huh. I would try to like draw a teeny tiny little illustration in, of the character in that little box, <laughs> in that little oval there. Um, That's, which is what I was assuming that was for. So that's fascinating. There you go. That's yeah, no, honor. it's the honor score. <laughs> Slightly um, better graphic design than the 1980 sheet, I would say. So, so when I did get this, I think my instinct was to move on to this. But again, a lot of space for all those advanced D&D weapon stats. Um, the, supposedly the number to hit here is listed here, which, is, which itself is kind of weird because remember... In first edition, the, the the two hit numbers weren't supposed to be accessible by the players. So why why the book technically said only DMs can see the two hit numbers, and then you also have to put that on your character sheet is like, so I I have to violate the lock on the DM's guide in order to fill out my sheet? Is that what's happening? <laughs> All right. I wanna I wanna talk about BX. Can we jump to BX? No, I want to show you, <laughs> just before we get off advanced, I'm going to show you that because so like in 1980, the, the Goldenrod sheets were just one of three products, just one of three okay. products. This is your normal player character record sheet. But in addition to that, you have a separate product for non-player characters. If you could pull up the orange sheet. Orange sheet. Uh, is that this one? Yeah, yeah. So here's the advanced D&D non-player character record sheet. And you can see that this information that for, um, for normal characters takes front and back of a sheet, right, has been cut yeah. down. So I guess what you do is you just put it on this one sheet and then I guess fold it. And I, get, I fold it like this and maybe glue or staple it. So you'd have, <laughs> right? That's what this dash line is telling you, right? I think. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a half-sized page like this. So does the back of this page blank? I think it has another copy of the same thing. Okay, well, that's... I guess, I guess, I guess I mean, if you slice like, it and you have front and back. Yeah, 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 because you cut it, right? Yeah, but is it is it three ring bounds? <laughs> is it got holes to go in my binder? <laughs> what is going no. on with this thing? No, this is such so. an odd sheet. Uh, okay, this is, let's move past this. this. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, I didn't use this. I don't know anybody that uses. Let's move on to this. But the third thing is that the, in addition to the player character records and the non-player character records, there was the permanent character records, Paul. The permanent <laughs> character records for, for important permanent player characters you had. And if you could pull up the blue sheet. Um, yep. Now, this is so if for the permanent character sheets were multiple pages, right? They'd be, I think they were like, if I recall, like a total of about six pages. And they were, I think they were on cardstock. I think they were on hard cardstock. So if you expect your player character wow. to be really durable and hang around, you get this cardstock sheet, you fill it out. Um, and it's a lot more elaborate. And it has pages and pages of people and things and places and stuff you own. And in particular, I've just pulled out one page here that's, that's listed as the adventure record. You're supposed to have a separate sheet filled out for every adventure that your character goes on. And then you put it in the cardstock thing like it's a folder. And you carry around this like wow. binder, this, bolt, this, this binder in this effectively manila folder just for your character. <laughs> and um, I guess so you'd have to refill out one of these sheets every time you went on an adventure, I guess was the plan. The, the early, it, it's interesting that the early, the, these early iterations of character sheets, they made a big deal about adventure logs. And on top of this stuff, actually, even before this stuff for original D&D, they had a product called the, the, the DM's Adventure Log, where there were specific sheets for the DM to fill out and record action in every adventure. Um, and, and some of these products had like additional pages of these adventure logs. And... Um, 
It's interesting because we've 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 that didn't that wasn't sticky, right? That wasn't a sticky yeah. thing in the evolution of D and D, but it, that that was kind of adjunct you to know, all these early sheets. You know what it reminds me of is in the early nineties. I would I went to Gen Con a lot, um, and at that point you were they were playing they were running a lot of second edition D and D and D in a campaign setting that was called the Living Greyhawk. Um, and the idea was you could, you could have your character and you'd have your character sheet and you could bring it from game session to game session. So you're playing with different GMs, but it was all very standardized, right? It was hosted by the RPGA. And so you could have consistency, at least if not in your party and not in your DM, at least in your character. And you could bring your character from one adventure to another to another. And in order to do that, there was a lot of paperwork. There were logs. If you got a magic item in a game, it was actually printed on a piece of paper that the DM had to sign and you had to keep with you. And you had to then turn it in if it got used up or lost in an adventure. It was a lot of accounting. <laughs> right. And I think it effectively had um, uh, what I want to say here, uh, hash codes about like what adventure authorized you to get this magic item and things like that. Right, so you could you could in theory validate it by going and looking up the actual adventure and finding out if that item was really available in that adventure or not. And I truly wonder how many people were out there trying to counterfeit items in that system. I'm sure the answer is not zero. It was not. <laughs> I can guarantee that because honestly, again, I had players. Yeah, you know, I I had players at one point that would do that when I was in high school. That was that was something that was actually on my mind quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Before I graduated. All right. <laughs> it was effective. All right, Dan. I'm dragging us to Tell basic. About going to basic. Please. Yeah. I've been waiting for this. So what this is, why have you been holding off on this? This is this is very funny because uh, you and I have very different memories. So I'm going to walk through what, what mine was. Um, so I remember, I was very young. I remember reading basic. I had the Moldvay BX box set. I don't know how old I was, but I can tell you that I was worried. I was going to get in trouble because it says right here on the front cover for ages 10 and up. So I was certainly under 10 when I was playing this game. And um, in, the, in, the, in your original basic uh, BX red book, there is a page that shows a character sheet. Now, it's in the sample of how to build a character. So it's filled out. It has notes. It has stuff in here where it looks like handwritten things. A, a Morgan Ironwolf is a first level fighter. Um, there's, there's, there's things that are crossed out and rewritten. So it looks, it's, it definitely has a look of having been used, but also it looks like either it was very, very carefully handwritten or possibly even, uh, typeset in some way. But anyway, the interesting thing about this character sheet is this, this was my character sheet. I use this a lot. And the, the trick that I had for using this character sheet was I went and I photocopied this page and I took the photocopy and I carefully whited out all of the entries. And then I re-photocopied it. And that got me my blank character sheet that looked just like this. And so I'm used to seeing it this way in this, in this kind of landscape, single-page format. Yeah, as, 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 as uh, Hobo Ogre points out in the, in the chat, there was no blank one. Yep, all you got was this filled-out one. So you had to do my silly whiteout trick if you, thought of, if you thought of even doing that. Or get yourself one of these, which I've never owned didn't know about and only know now because it was sent to me by accident. Uh, I have a copy of this book, which is basically, here you go, the same sheets in a lovely shade of green. <laughs> it's the same things, um, but it's, it's blown up. So this looks weirdly giant to me. This, this looks so spacious and, and open and big fonts because I'm so used to the small version. And I'm like, well, it looks wrong. It's backwards. But I guess it's not backwards because if you cut out a page, then basically you get front and back. Um, but yeah, this was sent to me by accident. Um, it was, I think I had ordered online, uh, maybe from Noble Knight, I had ordered a uh, original, I think I had an expert set uh, in the box. And this was in the box. This was in the box. And a bunch, there was a bunch of weird stuff in the box. This was in the box. And I think maybe I also got a first edition AD&D Dungeon Master screen. And I was like, and I remember contacting them and being like, there's a bunch of weird stuff in this box. Not what I thought was going to be in there. I'm like, where's my expert rule book? Where's my dice and crayon? None of that stuff was in there. Weird shit is in here. Uh, they, were, they were apologetic. They said, keep it. And they sent me a, a whole other one. 
So that's why I own two expert boxes now. <laughs> they Crazy. actually sent me a second one. Yeah. What? Yeah. Because it had yeah. too much stuff in it? What? It had too, well, it had the wrong stuff. Where's oh, my I dice see. and crayon, I man? I, I want okay, my dice, right. my old, old dice and my crayon, which is what was advertised <laughs> when I ordered the thing. <laughs> got, um, it. got it. So yeah, I, I had no idea this thing even existed. But here, now I've, now I've got one. Fully, fully, not a single page used. So I had a long-running BX campaign. I, I actually probably had a longer-running BX campaign than anything else, probably. And I have that. I have those character sheets, and we heavily use them. I've only got three left. I, I use practically <laughs> all of them up, right? And, you know, it is, it's, they're easier to see. I mean, this was, again, this product was published in 1980, the same time as the AD&D Goldenrod sheets. And you can see wildly different design sense of just simplicity, um, which was frankly attractive. Um, as a matter of fact, there's the back sheet there. And I will say that um, when Paul, right before the show started, said, oh, but the BX rulebook has the same thing filled out. And I called Paul a liar. I called him a dirty liar because I said, no, there's that isn't in the, the basic sheet. And bizarrely, my brain has, because I have my basic set right here, has has completely memory hold that page. Apparently, I never needed to go to that pre-filled page, and I literally have no recollection whatsoever. Huh. But what I do have a recollection, Paul, uh, if you look at page um, uh, B5 of that book, let me hold yep. that up for our viewers. See, th this is the thing that's stuck in my head, is a totally different uh -huh. character sheet that's just on, on, on a line piece of paper. Right. That's yep. that. That's yep. actually what's on the page with how to create a player character. That's the thing that glued got glued in my head from BX. Is is this just grab a piece of lined paper and start filling that out? It's kind of weird they have two in the same book. That's funny. Um. Oh, geez, I've just now, realized Paul, that we were still sitting there staring at the blue page. Um, Dan, <laughs> could I? Could, could I let me just, uh, before we move away from that, so what was the what was the character that's in the example there in the in the filled out for in uh, in BX? Uh, Morgan Ironwolf. Okay, you may not know this. Here's a, I, I I would like to share with you a little piece of information that you may or may not find interesting because in the advanced D and D. Dungeon Master's Adventure Log, right, product, um, the back of it has, you have a whole bunch of packets of this Adventure Log, and the back of it has an example of an Adventure Log having been filled out for a player character party, and among the 10 characters, one of them is a higher level Morgan Iron Wolf. That's hilarious. Would you like some I'm information sure. about... I'm pretty sure if you if you jump in your BX to B59, sure. you will find a transcription of play, which also features Morgan. Oh, okay, okay. Morgan, I see who uh, is one of the one of the characters. He's a he's okay. a four second level character. Let's he's see. a first level. Mor Morgan Ironwolf is, is yeah, it's a she. Uh, I'm pretty sure that there's an illustration. Uh, <laughs> Am I crazy? Um, I think if you able to turn to page 20, um, you have uh, an encumbrance example that's also Morgan Ironwolf. And mm -hmm. there's an illustration below it that I guess I've always read as Morgan. Interesting. I know, I'm not, I'm now, I now very much want to go through and reread this thing and see if there's any implication of Morgan's gender. But, eh, whatever. Gender That's was not uh, always... on the character sheet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we might uh, possibly but, ask but... why does Morgan Ironwolf get so much play here? Right? <clears throat> and here's the answer. It's Tom Moldvay's character. Really? Yeah, yeah. The the DM's record sheet says uh more character Morgan Ironwolf, player Tom Moldvay, uh fighter eighth level at this point, human chaotic good. Uh, uh, shield plus one, spear plus two, ring of warmth, hit points 43. Yeah, it was actually Tom Voldby's character according to this, which is pretty right. cool. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. Yep. All right. So thanks, Tom. Fascinating. 
Interesting. All right, wait, I have more to say about the basic yeah, please, character please, sheet, please. which please. is this. Um, I've always loved that sheet. First of all, let me, let me state that. Like, I, I, you know, I definitely, I remember back in that, in that period, I had the Moldvay basic set. I don't think I own the expert set. And I had a first edition AD&D player's handbook. And I absolutely did not understand that these were two separate products and I mixed and matched stuff between them. So I remember as a younger person being frustrated with that character sheet because it's clearly missing a lot of stuff uh, for your AD&D character. <laughs> but nevertheless, I used it a lot um, and it's, it's both very nostalgic for me. And when I did go back to running, actually running a, a basic D&D game, I was very excited by it because they were like, this is exactly what I want. This is, this is perfect. It's got all the space for what I want to run in my BX campaign. <clears throat> Except not really, because obviously I'm going to tinker with the rules and do things like incorporate Delta's excellent uh, Target 20 system. So I made my own versions of this sheet. Uh, they look kind of like this. Uh, yeah. I, I laid this out in an open source software called Scribus. Um, you can get this as a PDF. It's on my blog. If you just search my blog for basic uh, character sheet. Uh, interestingly, I can tell you, or sorry, BX character sheets. Uh, it is the all time number two most visited post on my blog is yeah. this character sheet. Yeah. It is a form fillable PDF. It's laid out as two pages that are each half size. I love that you can print it side by side on a single page, or you can go booklet, right, and have a front and back if you want. Um, I did what uh, what our friends in the Goldenrod era did. I actually made different variants of this. So what we're looking at here is the fighter version. Okay. Huh. There's there's the thief version, which you can see replaces that little chunk there with the thief skills okay. in, the, in the just okay. below the ability scores. Um, I have, I think, uh, a, a magic user elf version, which has space for spellbook. Um, and I have a cleric version, which has also got space for spellbook and our turning chart. Nice. Nice. I didn't know you, you had... See, I didn't know you had you had a uh, class uh, distinction. I will say, at some point, I sat down with a game to a game with Paul, and he had these printed out. And I'd never seen digest-sized sheets before, actually. And I just like this is wonderful. And he'd even uh, taken he'd even perforated the the the, the halves of the sheet with a I don't know, like a rolling tool of some sort, some sort of knitting tool, I think. And I was like, how the hell did you do that? How did you do this, Paul? This is amazing. And I just <laughs> fell in love with this style of sheet. Yeah. Yeah. It, this was my favorite for a long time. And in fact, if you go to, um, and eventually what I did is I simplified this. I have a, a new version that is my OED version of this sheet, which is almost the same thing, but I've condensed it down to just a thing for a, a single class. I got rid of the whole like custom per, per class type. Um, and I added more o OED isms to it. Um, if you go to my blog, there's some software tools on there, and one of them is an OED character generator. In, a, in that software, it actually uses that PDF and will automatically fill it, and that's what you get to download is the PDF filled out with all the values in it. So yeah, this is this is definitely you know on a on a tech on a tech side, this is like when I got really into figuring out the PDF file format and right. tools for, for right. mucking with it. Um, right. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. It's a good sheet. I love it. And you can find yeah. it for free on my website. Uh, later on downstream from Paul's work, I, I took this and I also modified it for original edition Delta. So, and, and this is what I've been using consistently for um, some number of years. So here's some printed versions uh, for, for original edition Delta. You notice it's almost the same thing. In fact, I'm still using the same boundary from the BX sheet, as a matter of fact, that you always yep. use. I yep. did wipe out uh, the save, <coughs> the big saving throw section because there is you know, just a formula for it. In fact, if you look at the example, the saving throws in BX, here, here's the sequence, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. I'm like, you really ought to just take recover that space and just say that's a formula like that yeah, um, yeah. would make sense. So I recovered that. You got, I got equipment on the back side. Um, and I likewise, <clears throat> I have this as a form fillable PDF. If you go to oedgames.com um, and the link to the accessories page, uh, you can grab this. And again, this is this was you know my step. At, I, I was using index cards. I actually used a spreadsheet for a little while. And you can fill this out, you can save it, you can send it to somebody else. I can use it for pre-generated characters, print out multiple copies 
Um, and likewise, uh, I don't have as nice of a web tool as Paul does, but I have um, downloadable command line software to produce NPCs or characters and likewise fills out the PDF automatically just the same way. So I had to do the same exploration some number of years after Paul showed the way uh, for tools because, and, and it works super, super nice. Here's here's the funny thing about this sheet. This, this we're also going to get here and now into your preferences versus mine, Dan. Um, so I know that you prefer to use a stone-based encumbrance system because the numbers are small enough that you do them in your head and you just you've memorized it at this point and made it rote. Uh, I definitely, on my end, ended up leaning into digital tools here and a little bit. So so if you'll note here in my in my form on the right bottom right corner of this cleric sheet, there is an equipment list and every equipment is just the name of it and the weight. The PDF is written in such a way that as you enter the weights into the columns, it will automatically tally the total for you at the bottom right. So you don't even have to do the math, you get the tally. And then just below that is the good old movement chart from BX. So you can know exactly what your movement is based on the weight you're carrying. Because of course in original BX, that's it. It just comes down to how much weight you're carrying. None of your stats are involved, nothing's involved, right? It's just how much weight are you carrying? This is your movement. Yeah, it's so. it's really convenient. My sheet does the same thing. Obviously, Paul's is in is in pounds, right? Yep, yep. For yeah, you. I think I I, I I I got frustrated with the coins system in BX, and I I wrote an yeah, alternate right. See. somewhere that that turned into, into pounds. Right, yeah. right. Nothing. So mine does the same thing uh, in the PDF. Yeah. If you, you fill out again here in the weight, it gets added up. You know, again, following Paul's sheet, I was I was customizing it. Does the exact same thing, and then here's here's my table based on zone, and also puts the move rate on the front on the front of it. Nice, nice, nice. Here it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's obviously it, the way it, to go. Yeah, and I really like using these sheets for. Um, uh, convention games, I'll point out one last thing that I do with this is, I don't know if your sheet has this or not, but like, so I have those three boxes in the top right there, which are your armor class, your hit points, and I have base attack. Base attack is just, you know, based on your level and class. Um, and the reason for that is that then in the bottom left, I have a section for weapons. And for every weapon, I list your cumulative total attack bonus. And I did all the, when I fill these out, I do all the math. I take the base attack, I take your strength bonus and any magic things, whatever. I tally it all up. And I make sure to point that out to people during my convention games. I say, when you look, if you're wondering, how do I attack with this weapon? Just go to this section. There's one number, roll the die, add that number, shout it out. That's it, the end. Don't do any other math. Um, and, and I just try to streamline it as much as possible because four hours yeah. is so short. <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah. anyway, that's it. That's that's yeah. that's the intent, right? That's why we like uh, Target Twenty. It's totally additive. Uh, yeah. We don't need any subtractions. Um, so I have the exact same thing, and that's very much the intent for a new player to be able to interface it with just you got to add one number, roll a die, and add this one number. Um, and uh, I, I I totally agree. That's 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 the most streamlined, best way to run it that I've that I've seen. So we um, we obviously don't we 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 needed another hour here on this, but I will say that the the, yeah. the final step, right? Of course, is fully digital solutions, and the, you know, in some ways, I feel I'm torn about that. Um, things like D and D Beyond or things like that, um, and in, in some ways, I'm torn about it because it certainly simplifies a bunch of stuff. And like Ash pointed out when he kind of started off this conversation on our Discord server, you can have additional pop-up information. You can have additional explanation about what this, you know, hyperlinks to what the rule is for this type of thing. Uh, certainly for a hobbyist customizing something, the, the, the barrier to entry is much, much higher to make it look like those kinds of things. And a lot of us have spent a lot of time on Roll20 customizing character sheets and learning how to script it and things like that. Um, and so I'm a little bit torn between the simplicity of just grab a piece of lined paper or an index card and jot down a couple things. And it's very concrete and it's very transparent versus, you know, the advantages of the technology that's, that's, that's harder to create for a hobbyist, I would say. But um, we have done it. So uh, if you are a user of Roll20, 
ultimately evolution of these these sheets started by Paul's design actually is actually on roll 20. And I, I do have that as an image, Paul. Um, it has the green, the green dot on it. Uh, big thanks to uh, Jameson Proctor, um, who uh, started this project on Roll20 to have an original edition Delta character sheet. And it kind of has basically the same style on Roll20. So if you go to Roll20 and you're interested in using this, uh, you can do a search on the character sheets. Just search for Delta and you'll find it. And uh, I think it's under, you know, I think it's under original Dungeons and Dragons basic or something like that is the category that it's in. But this has been working super well. And my, you know, my players are happy with how this works. Um, I do, you notice that I do have, I do have scripted uh, little dice right to the right of those weapons. So you get the weapon, the attack bonus, the damage, and it is scripted. So the player can now just roll the, just click the button and it automatically rolls the die, adds it up, and if you have damage, indicates what that is. Um, there's also a little die next to saves, like like right above the experience box. So anytime you need to roll a saving throw, you click that, you pick which category, and it automatically rolls it. Um, so it, it actually takes even that step of manual addition out of the character's hands if they don't want to do that on roll 20. Um, there's a separate sheet for equipment that adds up encumbrance. There's a separate sheet for spell books. Everything in the, uh, the OED book of spells, you just check off the spells you're memorizing. And uh, we've, been, we've been pretty happy. We've been iterating it for a year or two, actually. I've added stuff to Jameson Proctor's uh, initial design for it. And um, that's what I use when I'm playing on Roll20 now. That's great. That's great. I definitely... Thanks, thanks to you, Paul, for the original design for that. Yeah, I mean, my, my my design is just a crib off of the old uh, BX sheet, frankly, with a few few tweaks. Yeah, uh, I'm glad it's uh, got such legs. It's a surprise to me. I mean, frankly, I'm always surprised when I go and look at my blog stats that that consistently that page uh, of posting those original character sheets remains my my number two most visited uh, blog post. Yeah, yeah. I. Well, I was a point. There was a point in high school. It was a different game. We were making uh, characters, and one of my players, it wasn't a super heavy duty RPG, or said, "Well, you know, really, the most fun part of the game is making the characters, and it's obviously the first step, right? It's the first thing that people interface with." I think one or two weeks ago, Paul, you were saying like the start of a video game is the part that gets tested and played the most. Um, and so if you have a, maybe if you have a campaign that gets aborted early, like that's the one thing that the players remember possibly. So, um, certainly a major, you know, interfacing with the character sheet is a, is a major invitation to play. So having it look nice and be clear and be usable is, is, is an important consideration. I mean, it's also it's also an important artifact. I will say, like it's it's one of the few physical things players will walk away from when playing the game. I have here a whole bunch of character sheets from games that I played in at conventions or whatnot that I walked away and I stuck in a folder and I kept because I was like, this is a nice memento of the game. In fact, um, Dan, we've talked a lot about uh, the the giant swords and wizardry game run by Bill Webb that we played at GaryCon. Well, here I have my character sheet from that game. Uh, you know, signed. Oh no, there we go. Signed by Bill Webb, right up here. Great, great. There it is. Look at that. It says Gary Khan, 2014. Bill Webb. Lovely. Oh my God, that was 2014. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Gas, yeah, existential despair. Holy smoke. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, delightful. Um, I was really hoping and, when you said, in fact, I was hoping that's what you're going to pull out. <laughs> then we're, we're, we're out of time. Final thoughts on character sheets. Okay. The, we're going to say uh, final thoughts on D&D character sheets because we never got it. We never made it out of D&D, I don't think. Well, <laughs> I, I, I got to say, that's I'm very curious what your upcoming Fearful Ends character sheet will look like. And I've been wanting to see that. Can you just, can you just show it to me? Here it is. It oh, is nice. half page, digest sized. Uh, this is still in works. This is still still being uh, you know final, not not quite final art and layout, but it is both a page in the actual booklet. This is a very prototype, which is why it's spiral bound. 
uh, as a prototype of the of the book here. Um, and it, so it'll be a, uh, the back page of the book if you want to print that or photocopy that, and it will be available as a separate PDF download. Lovely, lovely. I love, I, great, Very you're sticking with good designs. You're sticking with good designs there. <laughs> so I feel, I mean, for me, uh, having tried, you know, advanced complicated sheets and super stripped down, you know, BX style sheets, it's the BX style sheet that's really been sticky for us. Uh, once again, uh, Tom Moldvay slam dunks once again as a D&D &D game designer slash editor. He made the right calls. Him and Morgan Ironwolf are going the right direction, uh, as go. usual. So clear, kind of brief, uh, aesthetically pleasing, uh, inviting to a player, not too, uh, not too complicated, something that's easy to distribute and print and store. Uh, you know, either full, full size or digest, I think is wonderful. Other stuff, maybe not so much. Um, and you know, something that you can, that you can pretty easily customize if you want to for hobbyists, uh, that th this seems sticky. I tried a bunch of different things and this, this style of sheet has worked very, very well in our games. I'm really happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, you know, the, the sheet that we use now, certainly the sheet that I use is very much, um, been iterated on based on play. And I'll say that like, not only. Do I, do I think it's important to think about the design and the layout? Think about your white space, that armory sheet. Whew, that's brutal to take in with this, so much noise on it. And also right. like little bits of the rules, right? Little bits of like, I love having the movement chart on the character sheet because it's a thing that players get stuck on and I don't want them constantly like searching for that in the book. Um, you know, so any, any place where you can just, if you can just, Sneaking a little bit of rules automation or rules lookup in there for them, I think that's useful. That's a good point, particularly for something that's going to change frequently, right? This is actually a really good point mm -hmm. I hadn't thought about. But encumbrance is something you're going to pick stuff up, you're going to drop it, and the players will want to know, like, how much can I carry before I get super slowed down? How much do I need to drop to speed up? That's going to change a lot yeah. in a session. It's unlikely that your ability scores or your level or what weapon you're carrying is going to change a lot. So that little bit actually is uh, legitimately important. Yep, yep, I totally agree, totally agree. Yeah. Um, viewers, if you have, uh, I mean, so he's pointed out in the chat, frankly, we didn't even make it all the way through the D&D character sheets. We didn't talk about the third edition sheet. We didn't talk about the fourth edition sheet. We didn't, I have a screenshot here of what D&D Beyond looks like. We didn't, we talked about it a little bit. Um, yeah, we didn't even make it through there. So viewers, if you have thoughts on your favorite D&D character sheet, what you think makes a good character sheet, uh, examples, if you have a source images of those two original character sheets from the fanzines that I talked about at the beginning of the episode, I would love to see those. That's very interesting to me on from a historical perspective. Um, share them with us, please. Leave us a comment here on the uh, in the YouTube video comment section. Um, I would love to see that personally, and maybe there's enough meat on there to do a character sheets two episode someday. Yeah, I'd be interested in seeing that some of that stuff myself. And of course, uh, remember that you can like, follow, and subscribe to us. We are on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, GitHub, TikTok. We do have the handle Wandering Dams on all those sites, so look for this there, and you'll get updates on upcoming shows. If you prefer to listen to our shows in audio-only podcast format, uh, you can do so. Those podcasts are available on our website at wanderingdms.com. Also through various podcast carriers, such as iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, uh, Pocket Cast is my personal favorite for uh, listening on an Android device. Um, you, can, you, can, you, get, you can find us there to search for Wandering DMs. If the site has it available to you, please rate and review our show on that site. That really helps uh, other users of that site find our show, and uh, we super appreciate it. Uh, we really do. And big thanks to our patrons who support the show, of course. If you'd like to join them, please visit patreon.com slash wandering DMs. And among other benefits, you'll get access to our Discord server where the conversations continuing like this 24-7 all the time and generating ideas for upcoming shows like this. Uh, we'll be there, like Paul said at the top of the show, we'll be there in about 10 minutes uh, for our live after chat. And quite possibly, Paul and I are going to keep yakking on about other experiences with different character sheets. For example, something we didn't get in the show today was our design at uh, a Gen Con after party for a character shirt. 
where you'd have a template and <laughs> ah, fill ah, out, ah. You'd, and all the players would fill out their information on a shirt and the DM could just look at their shirt and see what they had. Remember that? Anyway, that didn't fit in the show. We're gonna, we're gonna stuff that in the after <laughs> chat, right? A little blast from the past, y'all. Yep. Um, yep. yep. uh, yep. I should be back on Thursdays to start the new season of Book of War with Dan Cullinan. And um, I think that's what we got coming up, right, Paul? Yeah, yeah. Very good. Uh, so don't forget that we are live practically every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. So please join us again next week for another thought-provoking discussion. We'll see you.